um, welcome to the Liberty Ladies podcast. I have my old, old, not old, old dear friend, dear friend, um, who's not old. <laughs> um, you want to make but, me <laughs> Yeah, but you know what I mean. I've known you for a while now, um, and I like, um, I like hearing your story, and I love hearing your story. And this year, well, the last twelve months have been a big rebirth for you I guess um so tell me a bit about you Cheryl Dodd well me Cheryl Dodd live I live in Gosport on the south coast I love being by the sea I've got my dog my two kids my husband all all that jazz but um I've been running businesses for the last 10 years all in stuff that's around kids and parents and just my world really um, and before that I was working in corporate I was in retail I was a store manager at Marks and Spencer and I had an area role working for Debenhams in their head office in London um, and it was all very serious until obviously I had the kids and then it all changed and I started my businesses and stuff but I don't know whether you want me to go back to the beginning Jen I do or- I do I want to hear I want to hear um how somebody I you know I know a little bit about your background but I want to hear how somebody whose aspirations or whose aspirations were that were placed upon you were um the best thing that you could achieve was to work in an office how does somebody like that become an a serial entrepreneur who lives in a mansion <laughs> I always I think I, yeah you can say that because it's not a mansion but it is quite a big house but genuinely I think it's all about and I've said this to you before it's all about thinking like dreaming big and actually being able to visualize what you want in the future yeah. whether that be career family where you live you know it could be your house or you know whatever it is that you want out of life if you can visualize it you can make it happen and it makes mm-hmm. it really clear And if I go back, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of background. If I go back to the very beginning, um, I was born and my mum and dad were only 19. So they started off on the back foot, really, because they were very young. Um, They Mm -hmm. both worked in George White's factory, which I think is in Gosport or was in Gosport. And um, they were skint. You know, they really didn't have any money. We lived in a council house in Bridgemarie and... um, And we lived there until I was about nine and money was always really tight, but they had like a life changing opportunity when there was that right to buy scheme that was brought in um, by the government. And that actually, I know had lots of controversy, but for us, that changed our lives. It changed Mm -hmm. our direction because all of a sudden my mum and dad were able to move to an area where there were better schools because at that time, the senior school in Bridgemere was really, um, was, was not very good at all the reputation was terrible the results were not great um so they moved to Hillhead and they moved to this tiny little house but we could get to the beach and the schools were good and that was like the best thing that they ever did but when it came to their aspirations for me they were working in factories you know my mum was still working in a factory and um, even actually as in my adult life my mum was working in a candle factory mm-hmm. but genuinely I remember my mum saying to me um oh it'd be so nice if you could work in the offices where it's warm you know in the offices they've got carpet and they've got central Aww. heating and genuinely she just it, it she was my mum and dad were great parents and I had a really good upbringing and a great I have really fond memories of my childhood 
but actually it's not until I look back now as an adult that I realise that their hopes and dreams were a lot smaller than what mine are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mum, you know, her as- aspiration was for me to be able to work in an office. And I, you don't know what you want to do really. Most of us when we're 15 and 16 or even younger, 14, when you're choosing your option. And quite a lot of the time we actually do want to please our parents because that's what we've kind of um, become prescribed to doing. So it it's wouldn't easy, have been it, to just let them push you along because they, yeah. they've, they've kind of done that all your life so when I say push I don't mean that in a negative way but steer you in the right direction yeah. and you trust them so I went off to college and it's funny because even me going off to college was like to my mum that was like what you're going to college you know what are you doing that for yeah. and me saying but mum everybody's going to college I'm gonna do a course to learn to be a secretary so I can work in an office and that was yeah. like me following her guidance really and I did yeah. this business admin course and genuinely the jobs that I would have been applying for and I was you know I did apply for a few and it was 22 years ago because I am your old friend Jen Aww. but it was 22 <laughs> The salaries were like £6,000 a year, maybe £7,000 a year if it was a good one. And then um, I had a Saturday job working at Marks & Spencer. And that was like, I'd landed on my feet getting that job because Marks & Spencer paid loads better than all of the other like Saturday jobs. And I Mm -hmm. could drive then. So to drive my mum's little mini up the M27 um, to reach um, Marks & Spencer at Hedge End. And I remember... I just remember it really well, even though I was only probably 17, I remember the oversized uniform, all like nylon, ugly mm-hmm. thing. And I remember feeling a bit like skinny and and like I shouldn't really be there. And I remember mm-hmm. working on customer service desk and dealing with all the people that wanted a refund. And I don't know if you remember, but M&S always had the best refund policies. Everyone went there if they wanted to, you know, just get some money. I know I'll just take this old shirt back and get the money back. So you'd have all these characters coming in. And um, whenever there was a customer that wouldn't take no for an answer, you'd have to call the manager. Yeah. um, I think they were actually assistant managers. But I remember regularly having to call a manager and then the manager would come and talk to the customer and pretty much say what I'd already said and then the customer would go on their way and I just remember looking at these managers thinking they were wearing smart suits they had mobile phones and they were really rare back then so I just looked at them and thought I want I want that job that's what yeah. I want to do I don't, I don't want to just be in a warm office I want that job where I get to make the decisions and I get to you know help people like mm-hmm. like me the customer service desk person and I just remember thinking yeah I can do that I want to do that and that's where my aspiration level kind of lifted for the first time yeah the first glass ceiling I guess that you smashed yeah because I I dared to think that I could yeah you know I I dared to think that I was you know good enough to do that and nobody else this is something I've I've heard again recently but um, there's a lady I follow called Shah Wasman and she talks about building a bigger table and about how you don't wait for somebody to give you a seat at the table, just build a bigger table or build your own seat or your own chair to get to the mm-hmm. table. There is room for everybody. And I think that we often wait for somebody to position us rather than to position ourselves. And I think yeah. at that point I did position myself. I, I, I don't know if it was my age, but I just thought, no, I can do that. And I applied. I just applied for the young management training scheme mm-hmm. and I got the job and I mean I had to go to an assessment center which was two days and an overnight I was only 17 
maybe yeah. I was 18 by then but um and I remember we had to travel somewhere like I think it was Reading or Woking I don't know somewhere that was a good couple of hours away yeah. um, and stay overnight in a hotel and I had to wear a suit for my interview and it was all very um scary you know they put us under loads of pressure in the interview and it was a proper assessment center where they write, did lots of role play and loads of psychometric tests and then loads of maths tests and I remember always feeling like I wasn't very good at maths mm-hmm. and really panicking about working out my percentages and things <laughs> but but I did it <laughs> I worked it out under pressure but yeah and I, I got that first job and those the difference is because I was still at college and I was applying along with all of my friends at college for these like I said six thousand pound a year seven thousand pound a year jobs and Marks and Spencer that job gave me twelve and a half thousand pounds a year Mm-hmm. and back then that was a lot of money you know it was Big far deal, more than yeah. my mum had probably ever earned my mum had never earned that much in a year mm-hmm. and I'd got my first job earning that and that was like eye-opening and exciting mm. and all of these other things you know they they used to move us we, we never worked in one store they would relocate you across the, the whole of the UK to check that you were committed to working for the company it was yeah. really funny, but it was exciting actually. At that age, it was like, right, um, I was working in Torbay in Torquay. I had a brilliant yeah. time, lived with all my mates. We all rented a cottage together and we were out every night. That's so cool. And what, um, so when, what I, what I notice a lot from the entrepreneurs that, um, that I know is quite often they do come from a background where they haven't had everything handed to them on a plate. Um, in terms of life like and I'm not saying that they went without in terms of like not I'm not talking neglect or anything like that but that they didn't come from money Um, and this scares me a little bit about my own children because they're spoiled me too me too (laughs) Um, but I I speak to Freya and I can see that the drop, you know, when she, when she was little, she, she, you know, she used to save up because she wanted to buy her mum a sofa because they didn't even have a sofa. And by the time her little brother was born, so her, she's one of four, by that time they had, you know, Barbara had made her money and, uh, and, and, but Freya's drive is so strong um, where she'll describe her brother as a bit of a drifter and, you know he hasn't really chosen what he wants to do and and then I speak to other people and and like Gary's boss came from Bridge Mary and and came from a background where they didn't have a lot and Sarah Green came from a caravan lived in a caravan till she was 16 and I I just noticed that there seems to be something some link between really having a lot of drive when you don't haven't had a lot as a child I think that there's definitely got to be a link but I don't think it's it's what it doesn't I think there's no it's not in your genes as well if you think about mindset and you think about um we're all born with a certain disposition so I can tell you that with my two kids one of them's naturally um not negative but you know glass half empty and the other Mm -hmm. is naturally glass half full and and if I look at me and my husband we're also the opposites in the same way so Mm -hmm. I will always see the positive whereas he will always see what he hasn't got rather than what he has got if that makes sense and I think that that 
that has a that's something to do with it as well and I th- I'm a massive believer in growth mindset I feel that when kids are brought up and praised for their talents mm-hmm. and things come easily to them they're naturally good at stuff if they've never had to work to be good at it they're less likely to take on the challenge when they are challenged Mm -hmm. whereas so and that's not again that's not necessarily about your background and your upbringing but I'm sure if you've not had a lot and you and you have gone without and you know although I had a great upbringing I definitely didn't have the Nike Air Jordans or the you know the Nike trainers and I remember really wanting certain things at certain points in our life when I know the bailiffs were knocking on the door and there Mm -hmm. was a chance that I could ask my mum for that um but that sometimes I think must make you a bit hungrier for it Mm. Um, because yeah I I I really I hear what you're saying because I think Izzy there's a little bit of me that thinks Izzy's going to surpass you yeah no offense but no no but I I agree with you I think she's got she's got that growth mindset and determination and, and also from a child you have already your parents did validate you they did make you feel like you were enough they didn't let you believe in yourself and that and that's an amazing foundation that they gave you but I wonder if that those things like you know noticing that your parents had bailiffs knocking at the door and noticing that you couldn't ask for these things has given you a little bit more drive to push for for um being able to do those things for your kids um and I I look at my own parents and my my mum so my mum literally comes out of the slums of Venezuela so she um was one of nine eldest was the only one to go to university ended up being a teacher over there teaching is a very um highly paid and sought after profession um and they really look after you so we would go over there as children and we would stay with our family who um you know were really really poor to the point where you know they'd go down the road for water or um like one the family that were next door so my two cousin two of my girl cousins were living in a house where they had rats literally huge rats in this house and they didn't have running water they had to get rid of the toilet water by pouring stuff from a bucket like serious almost trauma yeah um but my mum's friends because um my mum's friends were all teachers all had a lot of money so we would go from seeing this absolute contrast of no money to loads of money in in the same day you know a car would be sent to pick us up we'd have been playing like literally in rubble um with our cousins having the time of our life don't get me wrong we 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 were very happy and, and they were happy children um but then being picked up by this nice car taken to these fancy restaurants taken to pools that were just put on for teach you know private pools that were just for teachers um and it, it was just a very strange thing but to see my mum come from she must have smashed some glass ceilings to get over here and I think that I will smash glass ceilings you know when I talk about the things she I know that I used to scare her with my big dreams and I look at Izzy and I look at you and I look at your parents and I wonder if you're she's going to go on to smash even bigger glass ceilings Mm. I already think she's dreaming big now isn't she with what she's doing 
like she even says that she she's a manifester like she listens to your videos Jen she's already manifesting stuff and she's she really believes in her vision and she gets a really clear vision of where she wants to go and what she wants to achieve and she gen, generally gets there and actually she's only 11 yeah so it's only going to improve isn't it and if she started a business at what te- was she 10, 10 when she started yeah. business and within her first quarter she's made a thousand pounds right she made yeah a thousand pound in the first 90 days which is amazing and she's um, nearly up to two thousand now and this is all in lockdown it's a lot isn't it um, it's uh, it's amazing and then this has spawned you to start biz kids which i think is the most genius thing i heard in 2000 it's, it's um, my most heartwarming thing that I've ever done, I think. It's so you and it's so linked with your story, with your children, with your life. And I, what you were saying earlier about creating the table, like I believe that the, a true creative will create their dream, dro- dream, dream job. I have done it for myself. You are doing it for yourself. That is like you're living and you're being paid or exactly who you are as a person and I think that's the ideal most magical thing when the money comes in when that stripe account ticks over and you see money coming in and I think but I'm doing something that I'm really enjoying and I feel like I'm giving a lot back as well so I, Mm -hmm. I feel like although I'm being paid I'm also seeing their progress so the kids that are on the academies I'm watching them flourish and that feels Mm. so good that I I take back from it anyway and and that's so amazing isn't it to be in that situation where you are um empowering the next generation to do exactly what you have done what I have done and live their dream life from whatever age that they come to you like I feel like an amazing thing you you will be on the same page as me with this but I feel like even in my 20s, there's so much that I know now that I didn't know then that wasn't taught in schools and I didn't learn in employment. And that's the all of the work around mindset, self-belief, overcoming your fears, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone, all of these things that there are, they're not that hard to improve on or to perfect or to just work on and I'll constantly be improving. It's that concept of self-development, isn't it? And um, um, I'm teaching what? them that from seven. And I think if I had have learned that from seven, how, how equipped, yeah. yeah. And what's wonderful is when you create a business, you genuinely come up against these things naturally. And I always think children learn best from natural consequences. So if organically these, these things come up that they need resilience around, not because they're prescriptively being taught something, but because they naturally, it has happened in real time, in real life, this has happened. And you have to learn how to overcome that objection, how to overcome this hurdle, whatever it might be, that you actually can apply a real life situation with a solution that you've given to them. It's so magical. Like, who cares what... (laughs) Who cares what trig ratio or what Pythagoras' theorem is when you can work out resilience around starting a business, getting used to people saying no, like, oh my God, like to be taught that as a child, you're literally like, it blows my mind how needed what you're doing is in the world. And I love it so much. I I could literally talk to you about it for a year and not be bored. That's really good that 
has come out of it is that as well as all of the extra learning stuff that I don't think they're they're learning otherwise so all of the stuff we've just talked about they Mm. are also learning some of the traditional stuff but it has more meaning so when you think about the maths that they're doing you're right a lot of the time it's it just it's just scenarios that don't really make a lot of sense they don't have any meaning but when you know they're not pretending to cut up a piece of pizza like they do for their fractions or or, or whatever Mm. instead is he's buying five litres of glue and she knows that she she knows that she needs 125 mil to make a pot of slime so she has to then calculate to work for a, for a reason so do you see yeah. she's doing maths but i'm not calling it maths i'm saying well how much slime do you need and how much glue do you need to make your slime because we need to know how much glue to buy and then and then you know what size yeah. will we be buying and then she and has there to- is a natural consequence of why she needs to why she needs that you're not forcing any of that down her throat and I always think when kids are immersed in actually solving an, a real life problem then they can see the value in it it's leading um, their learning they're they're doing it so she's everything she's learning she wants to learn because she wants to start her business or she wants to sell the new product so everything it's it's about kids leading their learning that's the magic and that's what I'm trying to do and in schools kids don't really lead their learning no. in fact, teachers don't even really lead the learning because it's all curriculum decided based, yeah. by the education system and you know I do feel for teachers as well because they're trying to do their best but of course they've got to work to a curriculum which is yeah. not designed for your natural leaders with this and and also we have based a curriculum we have a curriculum based on preparing children for a future that we have no idea what it's going to look like and generally it's employment that they're planning yeah why don't they plan for entrepreneurship why don't they plan for kids to start businesses and do you know what I really really remember as a child as a teenager that day when they came in and they did um I can't remember what they called it, um, but it was some kind of day around innovation careers day or, something. or something. It it was it it wasn't about careers. It was really about starting a business. And we were each of the tutor groups were given a pot of money, like fake money, and we had to do this stuff. And it was my job to pitch it. And um, the actual product that we made was terrible, but the sales pitch was so good they loved it. And um, and. I really remember thinking, feeling really proud of my sales pitch and you could see that they loved it. But I always think like sales is such a dirty word in this country. Um, But if you're in business, you're in sales. And that is, you know, that is how it is. But but my parents were both teachers. So their glass ceiling, um, you know, that they were they were teaching. and, And I believe that naturally there's a part of me that is a teacher hence like all the manifesting magic stuff and everything but I also think teaching is selling in a way you're selling an idea and you're getting people excited about you're planting a seed in someone's head for it to then flourish the same as in sales you know oh look at this mobile phone imagine you having this mobile phone and you you know whatever it might be you're sowing the seed in someone else's head that then they can take that away and that they've imagined it and once they've imagined it that then it's a thing and it's 
it's the same and and you've become a teacher now but essentially it's sales still isn't it still I've always worked in sales as well because in retail there's a massive element which is all about sales you know when I worked of course I used to run the food halls it was like right what's you'd literally be looking at every bay what's selling let's move it this let's move that it was all a um, game of sales but yeah I also think like with teachers if I think about um, any teacher, the best teachers are the ones that can engage the kids in their learning so that they, they don't feel like they're just being taught because there's yeah. nothing worse than being taught fractions. You'd much rather turn it into a real life situation, make it have some meaning for them, create some fun around it. I always um, talk about learning through fun and I know that for the early years foundation stage that's the way we talk we talk about learning mm-hmm. through fun for the young kids but I don't think that changes I think that's the same when you're a teenager it's the same when you're an adult you don't learn unless you're interested in the yeah. thing you're learning do you definitely uh, and that's it like um I remember reading about how children learn and I remember reading something that said if you if a child is immersed in playing they are learning something and when you take them away from that you're taking them away from a learning opportunity so child-led learning is always more effective because um it's led by the child obviously um but they are already engrossed in whatever it is they're doing and I do think that that's so true and um I've I've had a few phone calls from the school because I'm not um particularly good at homeschooling Cheryl let's just say that um (laughs) but I also so since January the 1st um Theo has read three Harry Potter books he's obsessed with Harry Potter and I think it's brilliant and I think he's only eight I didn't read those books until I was probably 14 um but we're doing maps around them if he wants to do something we're we're playing more and I think if I see an opportunity for him to learn, I will tell him. And if we're having a conversation about something or particles, you know, my parents are scientists, so um, science teachers, so physics and chemistry, but I'm not afraid to have a conversation around those things. So for me, learning should just be a natural part of how you have conversations throughout your day. And Um, that's homeschooling, that's traditional homeschooling, isn't it? Rather than lockdown learning. So what the kids are doing at the moment isn't how home educators would approach it. You know, the kids are being sat in front of a screen all day with their lessons and not really getting that much support either. No, exactly. And so I'm really comfortable with what I'm doing, but I am getting a bit of slack, uh, a bit bit of flack, a bit of stick, that's it, that's it, stick. From the um from the old teachers, um, but I just think like if your course was available to kids, I bet that there are some children in school that feel like they're not particularly good at school, but that would be would do so well on your course. That's easy. That... Do you remember me saying to you she she genuinely is a really bright kid, but at school yeah. she's always missed her milestones. They call them milestones, don't they? So every parents' evening, it's about how Izzy's not quite where she needs to be. But she puts all the effort in, so she, like she's doing great. But but she's not quite reaching the milestones. And there's nothing worse that you know by the time you're 11, which she is now, you hear those conversations, you understand those conversations, and you always feel not quite good enough. Yeah. So I'm loving the fact that she can feel proud about something. So good. Doing, and you know she can feel proud about it quite rightly because she's really achieved 
some goals that she set and she's persevered and she's and does it ever make you feel like you want to homeschool no <laughs> no <laughs> oh sorry Jen no, no it doesn't really it doesn't. if I could homeschool just in business the whole time then yes but even though Izzy is amazing she's also very led by so herself sure. like she does like to lead her learning so that's great mm. but she she also will say oh yeah I'll say Izzy you've had an order and she would usually be like brilliant pack it in my bag go over to the post office now she's like yeah it's all right mum I'm gonna leave it another day so mm. and that's where I'm thinking I'm hoping that the enthusiasm doesn't wear off too soon yeah. but we'll see because it's you know it is her business and if that's the case and she's not interested in it in a few months then we'll just wind it down and 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 she'll probably have another business idea but also that might be a boundary thing and that might be quite healthy for her you know she might need to manage the customer expectation a bit better but she might want to say to them do you know what um packages always go out on a Thursday so you know they'll it will be next Thursday and that might not be bad either control isn't it and and the responsibility it is her responsibility and it is her business so and that you and I've talked about this with the kids as well, is that we do have to let them learn their lessons. So yeah. I can help to teach her, but I can't take control of her business because it is her business. I'm just here to guide her. And um, that's but- so lovely because that in itself builds trust. And I think as a parent-child relationship, what we're always trying to achieve is little tiny building blocks of trust between us both but that you can show her that you trust her to make good decisions will mean that she can trust herself to make good decisions and I love that Cheryl you're such a good mom it's also though when when she does leave it too long so if she does have an order and she leaves it too many days and then the customer contacts her because it comes via her email address I get it first but I'll pass it on to her it's her that will feel that level of disappointment mm-hmm. and, we'll, and we'll have to work out the solution and yeah. how we, how we, what we're going to do for that customer because the little girl's been waiting for a whole week and we did say you'd process it in three days and yeah. then she'll have to learn that lesson and m- make that decision and you know just go on that journey and that's the best way because then if she decides actually I don't want to be in that position again then that will drive her to put a better procedure in place. Definitely. And so has she had any complaints? No, not yet. Um, she's But she's been very good. You know, she's only been running it since lockdown and she's been really yeah. good at getting the orders out every every day. She goes to the post office with her orders. It's just, I've just noticed it in the last week. She's a little bit less keen. It might be because it's freezing cold. Cold, yeah. And, you know, it is dark early, isn't it? Mm, um, yeah. So, you know, she's doing her schoolwork and then she's she's genuine, generally playing Minecraft or on phone calls, like video calls with her friends. Yeah. So, yeah, she's not so keen. But, you know, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just the, the cold weather because I haven't wanted to leave the house and I put loads of stuff for sale on uh, my Facebook buy and sell and someone was like can you send this tap in the post I was like absolutely not I'm not leaving that <laughs> it's just that feeling of like hibernating isn't it yeah and I feel a bit like it too you know we'll let her off she's she's gonna be fine yeah and she's doing all right you know she's not completely messing it up yet she's she's doing fine. <laughs> and also when she does mess it up you're right the natural repercussions of that will mean that she'll, she's either going to feel really horrible and bad and be like, do you know what? I don't want to feel like that again. 
um, I'm going to put this policy in place so I can manage people's expectations better. Or she's going to say, no, nah, this is annoying me. Like, this is, I'm not going to do this anymore. And, and either way, you know, you, you can support her and however it works. I can tell works. you a couple of funny stories recently. She had, um, so she had a couple of orders through and one of the little girls had said to her on the order, um, hi, I'd really love it if you could do a video of you packing my parcel. I understand that you're probably really busy and you get asked this all the time, but I'd really appreciate it. Thanks ever so much. Um, and, I, and I follow you on TikTok. And then she had another order come through from another little girl. And this little girl was a bit more, less polite in, mm. in whatever she'd written. It wasn't, it was a bit demanding. <laughs> yeah. So if you did the recording for the, the polite child, but she didn't do it for the impolite child. <laughs> which I thought was like, I was like, Izzy, maybe you should do the same service for everyone, but her <laughs> business. So she did that. And then um, she's also just had an order come through today and she's all excited because this order's come through from a teenager who's buying it for her niece. And mum, I think it's so cute. She's ordered a mystery slam, but I think I'm going to send her two. And I said, well, you oh. could who or maybe send her one of your really good slimes you know with all the extras because she's got some that have got like donuts and chocolate sauce and sprinkles and waffles with caramel and stuff so she's like yeah I think I'll do that I said because they're more expensive she might really appreciate that (laughs) that's really cute isn't it that she's naturally got yeah not so cute that she didn't do the packing video for the little girl that was a bit rude. Well, sometimes when people expect these things, I get annoyed about things like that. I think when someone <laughs> asks me to do a post on social media, I think no, I don't. I don't do that. That's I don't. I don't want my social media to turn into a sales. You're not page. An no, and and actually, if I am going to be, if someone is going to advertise something you know then they'll have to pay me because I don't want I don't want that at all like that's not that's not what my social media is for but you know there are people out there that do that so I do appreciate that it's just probably them making assumptions maybe maybe they think you're becoming an influencer now Jen and so in which case you need to you need to get your prices out there I know but anyway right so how can people find you Cheryl um bizkids.co.uk so at the moment because it's all happened so quickly I've just got a landing page which gives you all of the information on it and because I've already launched four academies since just before Christmas mm-hmm. I'm kind of full so I'm fully yeah. booked but I will be releasing more academies from Easter okay, and then what cool. I'll look to do is so I'll they look... can get on a waiting list at the moment yeah so they can they can go on and they can either buy and it's 150 pounds mm-hmm. for 10 weeks or, so worth it yeah or they can go on a waiting list for the challenge so I'm going to be doing a um pocket money challenge which will run around it would be just after Easter in that week after Easter when the kids are still off on school holidays if they're back going back to school that is so that week I'll do a pocket money challenge where I give them like a bit of a taster of what they'll be doing on the course but so they can mm-hmm. suss out with their kids whether or not they're really interested in starting a business that's a good um, idea and then that week I'll also run competitions and there'll be prizes and then I'll do a little I call it they call it lots of people call them master classes don't they but really I'll just do a live at the end of it where I show them all um the, or tell them everything that we go through in the course and then the kids mm-hmm. that want to sign up can sign up and the kids that don't want to sign up the mums might choose to just use that kind of content that I've shared with them to do it with them anyway at home mm-hmm. so yeah so that that will be running after Easter and you can register for that now if you know you definitely want a spot it's only 150 quid at the moment 
mm-hmm. um, and you can buy that now it is going to go up good <laughs> it's supposed to be 297 but I've never got it up that high because I'm too I, I, maybe this is my money mindset Jen yeah it is you need back to in the it, council house it, yeah um, <laughs> but yeah I, I know it's insane because there's so much included I mean the kids get how many weeks is it by the time it's 10 weeks and by the end of it they will have their own website they would have created their logo I'd have taught them how to use Canva as well as all the normal like mindset and all of the steps that we go through on that whole journey but you know you'd pay that for to get your website up and running anyway wouldn't you absolutely and and what you're talking about is 15 pound a week um, or when you get brave enough to put it up 30 pound a week um, which for that much mentoring around starting a business like you know if I'm insane isn't it really yeah it is and if I was a mum that I was thinking I want to start a business then I'd just sit in and listen to everything you've got to say because you're you're a genius anyway so you know so the mums learn the kids learn and the the siblings go free as well I don't charge more for if if they've got a little brother or sister that wants to join in they can just use the same login they can join in on the zoom together that is you know no problem I don't charge that either you are amazing um okay well thank you for thank you for talking to me remind me of the website again bizkids.com yeah it's b-i-z-k-i-d-z.co.uk .co.uk okay and have you had any people from outside the uk i'm just asking actually yeah (gasps) that's so cool I've had a lady that's booked from Europe and I've had another lady, I've had about, I've had a few inquiries from America, but the time that I was running this one probably didn't really work for them because I do it four o'clock UK time and five o'clock UK time. What I might do is advertise in a a USA, like 11 o'clock UK time, which would Mm -hmm. be their kind of, I think 11 o'clock is their four o'clock, I Mm -hmm. think. Depends where they are in the Yeah, depends which time zone they are. But yeah, so I might end up doing a couple of late nights. (laughs) or pre-record or what sorry or a pre-record well I'm also going to be selling the pre-record so what I'm working on at the minute so I'm running the academies and I'm loving that like the energy and the yeah I'm getting a lot back from that because I'm enjoying it the community yeah yeah but because I've already created the content so all of the kids they get access to the platform so they get bizkids.co.uk and they get to log in and they've got little mini videos every week a workbook every week um, and the whole course is there for them. But I also give them their live lesson every week. That's another mm-hmm. hour of me- mentoring. And I also give them access to the community. And the community is going to be going, it's going to be really kicking off, Jen. It's going to be great because I've got loads of guest speakers lined up for different from different industries. And I've got some fairly famous people lined up too. Have you? Um, within the business world yeah I've got some really successful people one guy he was the bodyguard for Michael Jackson for 10 years which is wow and I've got um a girl who's got an MBE for her services to um youth Mm -hmm. um I've got I've got quite a few lined up I need to confirm it all before I announce them but Mm -hmm. that that's going to be my membership that I haven't even launched yet but the kids on the get it for free anyway and they'll get oh Cheryl so that's going to be good but yeah, but that course, because I've done it, I'm now in the middle of just going through it and creating what they call an evergreen product online so that I can just yeah. sell it. And I'm thinking that it'll probably be 150 quid and I'd, I might do a one-time offer of 97 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will be something something that can always be selling in the background. Yeah, good idea. The ones that don't want the live lessons or if they're in the USA, they can just take that. Yeah, or if they just think right I want to I want to do this in my own pace at 
you know when as and when I can or on a binge it yeah exactly and, and I'll make that one so that it doesn't drip feed each week like it does on the academy it'll just be open and they that's can so good out of what they want so good Cheryl I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited for your future because I just feel like this is so born out of of you the truest version of you and I think it's wonderful it's lovely oh, thank you Jen I love you know, you're always so complimentary but for me it just feels right and uh, but but the things that I've had to do to get to this position is to get over myself I've had to go live on Facebook I've had to you know do things that are out of my comfort zone which is all the stuff I'm teaching them mm. um, and follow my instincts as well you know following what feels right and just going mm. for it because my other business I work in a big team and I've got that big team it almost felt a little bit like betrayal at first you know like oh my god I'm doing something on my own mm. but actually it's absolutely absolutely fine but it's you have to put yourself out there in the capacity that you want to be seen so yeah. say even just saying I'm a business mentor felt really strange at first but mm. you know, I've been I've been in business for 22 years so yeah. you know it's quite legitimate but it felt very of odd of course of course well thank you for coming on and talking to me today Cheryl and I find you very inspiring and hopefully other people will listen and go and check you out Oh, thank um, you Jim. but yeah thank you very much and um yeah good luck and fi- go find go look up cheryl dodd um and bizkids with a z.co.uk on instagram and facebook with bizkids community okay cool so you know with a, with a z yeah Zs. okay Z's. Z's all the way right. same with <laughs> stars right yeah Z. <laughs> loves a z oh thank you so much cheryl all right jen no worries thank you thank you